If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Blubbity Blah. The Blubbity Blah. Sending out good vibes. And that's really what the neuroplasticity is about, is that your mind isn't this like terrible contraption that you're stuck with. It's this fluid uh, experience that you have agency over. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. We are going to be chatting with Buddhist recovery coach Dave Smith a little bit later. Uh, second time we've had Dave on. Of course, we just did his audio book as well, which will be exciting. Some Ethical exciting mindfulness. Ethical mindfulness. There's Graham. I interrupt on the intro Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? Good. How you doing? You're wearing your beanie that Polly sent in. I did. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Just wearing yeah. the beanie. It's a nice loose toque. It's pretty good. It was tight for me. Looking forward to talking to somebody next week about uh, EMF protective wear. They got, um, they got some toques on there. Want to order some for us? For in us? The studio. Yeah. Will they mess up your boot? Bluetooth. I was wondering about you that. Your AirPods don't work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson learned. I wonder how much damage I've done with my AirPods. So yeah, we're going to be talking to Dave Smith a little bit later. We got a bunch of housekeeping to do later on the intro. Some fun housekeeping. Uh, all sorts of stun stuff. But first we'll get into some recovery stuff, some of Dave's stuff. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, Dave went over the, his course with me a little bit. Or was it with us? I can't remember if it was before or if we talked, you know. Before the show, we started recording, but we did his audio book, Ethical Mindfulness, which he wrote a few years ago. It was a fantastic book. He talks about being easy on yourself too, right? There's nothing wrong with thinking, you know. We were listening to it. We're, Natasha and I were listening to that and your first audio book. The first one's pretty cringy compared to how far you've come. Really? Yeah. Which, which one was that? I think it's... Not the recovery Esos, Dharma esot- one. Esoteric structures of the Oh, that one. You can't read that. Or, it's an impossible <laughs> narration. I mean. Or, or the other one was Essentials of Spirituality. That's yeah. the one I was listening to compared to Ethical Mindfulness. Come a long way. Oh, good. Yeah. Another year. I don't, because I can't fiction, tell. No problem. No, I can't tell. And it's scary. It's scary to do it because I feel like I'm, I'm not Going doing downhill. a good job. Yeah, yeah. Totally. You're slipping. Yeah. But anyways, his course looks fantastic. It's starting on February 7th. I think you can still get in with a deal, with a discount by February 1st, which is going to be coming up when this show releases. You probably got a week to do that. But it does sound like, a, it looks like a fantastic course that will be kind of perpetual, incorporating uh, his Dharma talks and his teachings on video as well as a bunch of uh, course course material and a weekly sort of zoom with him. I mean, it looks, it does look fantastic. And if people are interested in different recovery communities as well, I mean, there is recoverydharma.org, which is a Buddhist uh, recovery organization. And also refugerecovery.org is another one. And they have online meetings. You know, you can go to that website. You'll see online meetings there. Like if people are struggling with, you know, addiction and uh, you know, just, Substance abuse, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be drugs or alcohol. It could be whatever, gambling, sex, food, technology, 
I mean, phone, phones that, that would fall under technology. They call them process addictions in recovery Dharma. Process addictions, yeah. porn. I mean, it, the list goes on. It's there's a lot of stuff, and 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 you're welcome. It's not like AA where you have to be an alcoholic to attend, right? Or CA where you have to be a cocaine addict. I mean, this is like just addictions of all kinds. So yeah, check those out for sure. Check Dave's stuff out. I got a link to his website in the show notes. DaveSmithDharma.com and check out his course coming up. And uh, we're thinking about it. We just got to wait to hear back from Dave. We're thinking about the uh, ethical mindfulness coming out in our feed as a book too. It's about a three hour audio book. It's pretty cool. Yeah. If Dave gives us the okay, we will release that. Of course, if you go into Audible or whatever and type in Grand America or Graham Dunlop, you'll get a list of a bunch of books we've done. We got, uh, I think there's three or four available now. I haven't got the email saying that Secret Societies 2 is available yet, but Secret Societies 1 is. And now what's it called is submitted as well. We're waiting to hear back on that. Secret Teachings? Secret Doctrine. Secret Doctrine, Volume 1. Yeah, Monster. Nice, yeah. There's a couple monster books coming out. I can't believe we made it through there. I mean, I'm I'm proud of us that that we stuck to it for that long. Like the reading and the editing, like 40, 60 hours of... It's been a slag. Well, we're, yeah, it's hard work. We were trying these different ways to sort of learn, learn and get things out for people. I mean, get things out for people and maybe be find different ways of generating revenue at the same time. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully these big books will do that. I mean, actually some of the smaller books have done better than I expected, but some of the bigger books have done quite well. Which kind of brings us to our next point, I guess, which would be... We're going to get into that now? Yeah, well, we might as well transition there. I mean, I do have an operation project if you want to quickly go over that. Oppo? Oppo, You got an Oppo? Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, I don't know. It's a a bit of a depressing one, but it fits in with this addiction Uh, and the whole drug, the drug war and all this stuff. Well, I mean, it's going to be, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an operation about a big drug bust. What's that noise? It looks military to me. Definitely military. Probably classified too. <laughs> you just you get a Dish kick fire. out of this, eh? Prism, Sentry Eagle, Sigma, Mannerkin, Artichoke, MK Ultra. Operation Project. Project Operation. That's so funny. Darren gets a kick out of that. So this is, uh, this was, I, I was actually, I stumbled across this cause I was searching for a different operation snow globe, but this one popped up and it was, uh, 26 people charged in Northeast Ohio drug busts and two still at large. Now this is the, like talking about addiction and how, how prevalent it is and it's getting worse. And these, this trio that got busted was shipped at least five kilos of Coke and one kilo of fentanyl from Puerto Rico into Cleveland. So those 26 people were indicted and a massive amount of illegal drugs in Northeast Ohio was confiscated and it's called Operation Snow Globe. And I have some theories I won't talk about, about um, why, I got an interesting why it's called Operation Snow Globe, but there was 12 other people were charged in connection with this first alleged conspiracy as well. And there was a second operation where a hundred kilos, see, I mean, a hundred kilos of marijuana was, was, uh, was busted too, and another five kilos of coke. So I mean, it, it just shows you the. It, this is still like I'm. I've been out of it for so long. I don't realize how rampant it still is. This, you know what I mean? Like the actual 
the dealing and the drug aspect of it and the legality and, and this fight that wastes all these resources to, for what, you know, to lock people away that are nonviolent. I mean, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be something at the high levels of this, this stuff, but get ready for it to come out that a couple people in their twenties with no underlying conditions have died with COVID in Calgary. Yeah. Might have been some fentanyl in there too. No way. Yeah. So they, is that why the synchro is? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, see how, how fentanyl can still be available when it's so dangerous. I mean, so it's the legalization thing is a difficult thing because you don't want that ar around the streets either, but you also don't want to, you know, you want people to have sovereignty, but look at Portugal has been doing a great job so far with their, their legalization. Well, yeah, They're elite, you know, making it decriminalization. legal decriminalization. Totally. So what happened? So the, these people OD'd on fentanyl and they were positive PCR test. Mm -hmm. Did they have two tests as the who recommended and, uh, and check out their physical symptoms first before you can claim it's a positive. It's starting to seem now like maybe the media is clutching at straws for COVID. I think COVID's wisping away. I really do. I agree. Yeah. But, so, I mean, if it was all but, just to get Biden in, good. I mean, I'll take that. I'd rather that than force vaccination and being in a camp in Yeah, six that's months. not going to go away, though. That's the problem. Well, at least we have more you time know, to prepare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's where I, that's what I can't reconcile is, is, you know, yet they're still locking places down with very few cases and all that. I mean, it takes forever to get out of the lockdowns, it seems. And yet it seems like they've already, as soon as Biden got inaugurated, they've already transitioned into a different narrative. The day after. The news articles from before were like 40,000 people a day. It's getting worse. And then the day after it was already getting better in the news. Oh, that yeah. obvious. And then the who came out with the PCR stuff. I mean, I don't want to rant about this stuff on this. Intro, no, but, get over. but that's why we got, we got the outlawed. That. That's why we got the outlawed. Cause I don't want to get all into this. Cause you know, the, it's just disturbing what's going on. Are you done then? I'm done. But so what, so what, so, so you, you picture these things coming out in the media then because two people passed away from fentanyl. Where'd you hear about that? Uh, Natasha found it on Reddit. Oh, in Calgary. Yeah. And that they were positive. Yeah. And that, uh, their family's already upset that it's going to get marked down as a COVID death. Yeah. They're not okay with it. Well, that's good because it when, happened to some people that aren't down with the COVID narrative and they're like, no, you're yeah, not doing exactly. this with my kid's death. Because I had a bad experience with one of my sponsee kind of when he passed away and the family and the news whitewashed the whole thing. The white, they whitewashed the way he was missing. There was no talk about any addiction, any recovery, nothing. So House. I'm glad. So I guess you got some housekeeping to do. Uh, not with the Guy America show per se. Nothing going to change here. Keep chugging along. Yep. We're going to keep dodging the YouTube strikes. Yep. For now. Yep, for now. Of course, we might take. I mean, we are looking video. at a different. We're looking at different avenues to take video, our video, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Um, which brings us to the next thing. We got the new Gramerica Outlawed feed, which uh, five years have already signed up to support. Thank uh, you. Thank you for that. Considering we haven't really even got any real episodes out there yet, 
The John Carpe one's a big one. And we did the opener. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anywho, we have made some decisions with that feed in-house, and we wanted to just sort of... Start the conversation. Start the conversation about it sooner and later. Of course, a few of you I have reached out to and talked to about this sort of privately. And uh, it sort of comes down to this. We're going to keep doing the Grimerica show the same way we always have, show a week, sometimes more. And uh, it'll always be value for value. And we're going to do Grimerica a lot of different way because, I mean, we're not complaining. The value for value model has been fantastic to us. But we also have uh, we have this other show we're starting, and we've seen what the value for value model has done in seven or eight years with Grimerica. And we're hoping we can find something that seven or eight years down the line has us, has us in a different position where we're not trying to juggle all these things and still handle full-time jobs so that we can have the income needed to pay our bills and feed our kids and all that sort of stuff that we need to do. Uh, so we're yeah, gonna... and then there's the cancellation aspect too, right? I mean, if 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 the censorship gets worse, which it looks like it could be, and well, America goes down thing. completely, yeah. then, then we're in what? trouble. Yeah. And then we're also kind of we got the Patreon model here. We're using Patreon, and and we're using YouTube for some of this stuff, and you know we're using Libsyn to a certain extent, and we're starting to back off of all of that stuff, and it's expensive, and it's hitting the yeah. bottom line of a budget that's already fucking flimsy at the best of times and and super tight and you know yeah. like i say we're not complaining if it wasn't for the people that have chosen to support the show and keep supporting the show the show wouldn't exist because of all these different expenses and growing pains and everything else but with the guy america outlawed we're going to try something a little different and we're going to try and we're going to create that more around the sort of the greg carlwood or the thc or the mysterious universe sort of model been talking to ben grundy and Greg Carlwood a little bit. And uh, I think we're going to try and completely build this feed sort of in-house and secure on that. I mean, the payment processes are always sort of a problem. we got the cryptos to sort of get around that here and there. But we're going to try and build up that as sort of the, the premium content model where we give you an hour for free and an hour for members. and Something be, like that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we're lining up a bunch of interviews for that. Actually, we got Ben Grundy lined up. I think this would be one of the first interviews i ever heard him do. Uh, he'll be bitching about He's from Mysterious God. Universe. Fantastic yeah. podcast. That's what got us started. I got what, yeah, what I can't wait. Like, that'll be a bit of a fanboy moment for me because, I mean, that was, I listened to hundreds and hundreds of episodes of Mysterious Universe before I ever even listened to another podcast. Yeah, yeah right. So anyway, we're going to go that model where we do a, a couple of extra extra shows here and there. And, um, you know, we're looking at doing some exclusive content here and there for, you know, we're just trying to different ways to figure out how we can make this thing work. And, um, you know, we hope that doesn't affect your guys' support for this show because it doesn't affect the production or anything else for this show. Anything else, it should eventually afford us the time to make all of our products that much better. Yeah, exactly. When we've got a full-time attention to everything. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of starting to hopefully make a bit of a backup plan in case things go. Yeah, so I mean, that means different. that that show's not going to be like the black budget. That show's going weekly, and it's starting weekly. And so, you know, you, we're hoping that the people that aren't supporting and can't afford to support will look at that more from a, you get an extra hour of America a week, as opposed to you're missing out on an hour of America a week. Because you're still going to get all this America content, plus we're going to keep an hour of this new show for free all the time. 
So look at it as more content. And I mean, you, it might not be an hour. We don't know what that's going to look like. It yeah, might be we're 45. Still, it might be, know, you know, yeah. We might not be able to get two hours every week out of that. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, that's where that's headed. We hope you guys can... Well, let us know how you feel yeah, about that. Yeah, let us know. Send me an email, Graham at GrahamAmerica.com, or I'm in the chats. Oh, I wanted to mention just just about the chats. So you can go in the chats, too, and get... Usually, that's a pretty easy way to get connected with us. For now, personally. yeah. And we got a backup, ser- a backup server you can get to in the chats. I mean, honestly, right now, the best thing to do would be to gra- get on GrahamAmerica.ca slash social. And even if you just make an account and you don't do anything else for now, just have that. Because if we get deplatformed from everything else, the website will work and the socials will work right now. We're still working on the chat server, but uh, right now that social media platform is pretty much indestructible. So if you go there and everything else isn't working one day, be, oh, fuck, I got the social media. And you might go in there and find out you like it. And the other thing is just in our Discord chats, there is a channel I wanted to, to say this about recovery and addiction. So also feel free to, you know, Talk about your stuff in there too. I know people were a while back and it was, uh, there's some good stuff in there. Hopefully it carries on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else were you, what were, I kind of interrupted you. I think we were done there. I mean, we kind of said. About the chat. Oh, about how to get a hold of us. So I'm also on Instagram and Darren's on Twitter, but you know, if you give me, give us feedback on this, we want to know. You know? Yeah. Let us know think. what you think. Of course, those people that are signed up, but it looks like we're going to come around the six buck range. And those people that are signed up, if you've signed up for a monthly or some sort of support model on Outlawed already, GrahamericaOutlawed.ca slash support, I'll just sign you up for the new membership. Yeah. Or you can cancel it and re-sign up. I mean, And we've looked at lots be, of different options, we've too. Been I mean, looking we've at looked at, a at ton video of options, options, and we're still we're still meeting people about other other options as well. It's just, it's just we're thinking, we're thinking this might be the way to try it for a bit here. Yeah. We got, we got to try something. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, anyway, it doesn't change this, so America is going to keep coming at you. We've got a bunch of fantastic episodes in the backup catalog coming at you. Uh, the new show is not going to have intros, so you guys get all the ramblings. We'll still be here. All that fantastic stuff. I mean, if yeah. I, you might get the odd COVID rant because Graham will have less places to do his COVID ranting, so those might come over here. Send in your, uh, <laughs> your synchronicities, your sightings, your trip reports, and all that stuff, too. We can read on here and read some cust- uh, some listener feedback. Totally. Yeah. And support. I mean, yeah. grammarica.ca slash support. And I hope the people that are supporting don't think this is a, you weren't, you didn't, because you guys kept the show going all the way to here and you guys will keep the show going forward. I mean, that's a new show, new thing, separate sort of thing. This thing is, uh, we wouldn't be here without you well, guys. We're going to get into some more controversial topics as well, right? We want to get into some deeper stuff that we feel like that might risk this whole eight years that we've put in on this. Yes. And so, might risk audience even that yeah, don't maybe. wanna yeah. then sign up for that. And it's gonna be more it's kinda it's kinda probably gonna be a little darker than this, you know, because it's it's approaching some of those you know, big pharma, you know. Anyway, uh, the one thing takeaway is that everything that we're looking at amounts to more content. Yeah. All over the internet. Yeah. America.ca slash support to keep supporting the work we're doing here. Keep our show afloat. Keep what our about show that subscribe star? Subscribe. Oh, we're star. on Gramerica. Yeah, we're on subscribe star okay. now slash Gramerica. I think we passed the review. I never did get an email saying we passed the review. I wonder if people are signing up there. I mean, we were signed up there for years. We never had any subs. Yeah, so. we didn't really push it. So, 
No. We'll see how he is to get the money out of him. Yeah. But that's okay. We'll figure it out. Someone wanted it, so we built it. That's it. All the other options are. Actually, if you just go to the grandmarker.ca slash support page, it's down at the bottom. There's a subscribe star link. There's okay. a link to the Patreon, to the Stripe, to and all those the links cryptocurrencies, which we're also now back on, we should mention. We're accepting oh, okay, cryptos good, again. Yeah, yeah. All sorts of. I used the, I, I can't remember which one I used, but it's the one that was suggested by a bunch of people that I trust. And it's a, I think you can donate like any crypto. Nice. That's yeah. great. So we're not stuck picking this or that. People can donate whatever they want. Right on. And it all centralizes into one wallet. And then, uh, yeah. Hey, check it out. It's all on the support page. You'll be our first crypto supporter. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Don't lose and uh, give us a couple of weeks because the new website isn't going to build itself, especially with the member side of it and the premium RSS fee that's going to come along with it. But hopefully we'll get it all figured out in the next two weeks. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks. Yeah. What else you got? That's it. That's it. That's it. You got nothing else? No. Nope. No jingles, no this, no nope, that. No, nothing. Just let's let's do this. Let's get out of here let's 20 minutes. This. Yeah, Dave. Is that all it's been? Yeah. Wow. Time flies. It's cold down here too. Cold outside. Yeah, I know. It's fucking temperatures going down. Doesn't look too bad. It looks like it warm back up in two weeks. We'll get through this just fine. You this didn't might do a be quote. A, this might be a uh I don't have a quote. you know, the quotes are kinda, you know. What? I can find one from the other book. Just you got to do a quote. Say, you're say not something. getting out of here with a quote. You just said the content wasn't going to suffer, and then you're already skipping the quote. What do you got? Oh, you got a dinner tonight, just for yourself. You're having trouble managing your life. You do all your cooking on Sunday for the whole week. I'm DMing for some new players tonight. I knew there was a DM. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You knew there was some fucking DND in there somewhere. Yeah, wait for the quote. What do you think? What do you want to talk about? You got to keep talking while I find something here. Oh, I don't know. Oh boy, okay, I got one. This is a short one, but you know, I don't know if these. The jingle's playing. Can you not hear the jingle? Darren, can you guess it? Do you think you get addicted to bubble bass? Yeah. How many do you think would be a problem? <laughs> you do multiple per day? Or? No. Well, you, there's nothing wrong with doing one a day. A couple days a week. I do that. I do bubble baths at least three days a week. Yeah, that's more than me. Yeah. I have the bath bombs too. I read the bath bomb book from I Mark Sloan. Use I just use bubble bath. It's, it's healthy. And it's got Epsom the sodium salts. carbonate, sodium bicarbonate, and the Isn't citric that just acid. The Epsom salt has that. So can I just put like make my own? I'll just put in Epsom salt. Well, I do that too, but and lemon juice and vinegar oh, and some baking soda. I don't know. Foam up. I don't know, dude. See this? this so the, like these quotes that we do, they're kind of you know, kind of negative. That's why yeah, I was trying usually. to. I was trying to keep it. We need to find maybe for this feed. We need to find a book with pot. Maybe we need to make it more positive. Positive. Positive quotes. Because, you know, this is coming from the octopus of global control, you know, and it's just a bit, I mean, this well, is, I mean, no one ever said you just had to pick one book and do all the quotes. Well, that's what I've got. Li- that's what I've been I've I got lined up. Yes, you know? yes. I went through the hundreds of UFO quotes. Lazy, in the first thousands. Hundreds. 
guess it's been hundreds. Your laziness, I mean, it just cornered you. Fascism is actually the work of the synergistic effort of big government and big corporations working together to stifle the people. And that's what we have in America today. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, George Carlin. No, Aaron Russo, movie producer, Freedom to Fascism. Dang it. Here we go. I think I got... Uh... I thought I might have had... A little while ago, with it. It, it's not a surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise that rich white men don't care about poor black people, period. So they're not oh, high that's on their list. That they're is not high George. on their list. George. This is when he starts high. asking if he knows what fascism means. They're not high on the conscious or the no, subconscious list of those people who are in that's charge nonsense. of things in this country. The owners, forget these, these foolish elections, the owners of this country don't care about the poor in general. The owners of this don't country? Care about what are we going... Wait, is this Karl Marx talking to me? The owners of this country are no. the voters of this no, country. You're wrong about that, my are, friend. You're aren't the owners of this wrong. country the voters in this country no, who no, elected they're, George no, they're Bush? Not. Listen, politics. These elections are a charade. 2006. It is. A charade. Oh, okay. it is, it is they are not. 2006. Well, I'll tell you. Listen. Just listen for a minute. Learn a little something. The ele <laughs> elections and politicians are in place in order to give Americans the illusion that they have freedom of choice. Oh. You don't really have choice in this country. Well, and let me ask you this about the looting. Would you agree? That I think after they cut out the part where he goes on after that talking about, uh, actually, that might be it right there. When anyways, he goes on that and talks about. There was about, two kinds of zero. To this criminal fascist president and his government. Well, George, George you, I think you know, do you know what fascism is? Fascism, you know what fascism is? You know what Nazis are? No, wait, sir, wait, sir. When fascism comes to America, it will not be in brown and black shirts. It will not be oh. with jackboots. It will be Nike sneakers and smiley shirts. Smiley, smiley. The, the, the fascism. <laughs> Germany lost the Second World War. Fascism won it. Believe and actually, me, my friend. Fascism is. Wow. It's very pertinent, eh? When you think like 15 years later, like it's fucking the big giant corporations that are just blacklisting people. Yeah. I mean, now you got like MasterCard and shit saying, fuck you. Yeah. You do what we say. Yeah. You lock down. Yeah. Or you're fired. You lock down. You take this jab. Yeah. Are you going to take the jab? You get off this platform. Are you still know? Because we don't agree with your ideology. This is why we need to build our own platforms. <sighs> America.ca slash social. America.ca slash chats. America.ca on its own is on its own platform. That's why they need support. support. Anything else? That's it. That's all you got? Yep. All right. Enjoy this fantastic chat with the wonderful Dave Smith.
we've got Dave Smith back with us. DaveSmithDharma.com, Buddhist meditation teacher and addiction treatment specialist. Welcome back, Dave. We're going to get a chance to plug your uh, upcoming uh, online course in Buddhist recovery. So welcome. Nice. It's really good to see you guys again. I know the last time I saw you was when I was up in Calgary. Seems like many moons ago, but... Uh, I appreciate you having me back on. I enjoyed talking to you last time. Yeah, for sure, man. And this is an important topic too. I mean, we I, I like doing these shows on addiction and and helping people be mindful. And I mean, especially now with uh, you know with all the lockdowns, I heard a couple of your last shows talking about you know what to do with the boredom and and how to deal with some of the yeah. challenges. Oh yeah, motherfuckers are falling off the wagon on mass. It has to be <laughs> happening. Like booze sales are through the roof. Yeah. I mean, I can't say much because I've never been on the wagon. Like, I gave up drinking and cocaine and all that crap, but I still smoke my weed. I think I used to tell people that, you know, I used to, when I lived in Nashville, I worked with teenagers. And, uh, you know, well, every once in a while, an adult, a parent would call me and I'd always joke and say, well, how far down did you have to go to get to my name? But they'd tell me their kids, I'd be like, you should be happy your teenagers just smoking weed. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm super pro weed. I don't smoke it, but I, you know, I think it's a, I think it's more, I think it's definitely to even call it a recreational drug. It, it just seems so much more medicinal at this point to me. I know a lot of people, I had a friend of mine whose husband died the last year and he, he was in recovery actually. And he smoked weed for the pain from chemotherapy. And he said, they said it made everything fucking way more pleasant. Yeah. That's the thing. It's a harm reduction thing really. And if, if that's, what people got to do to stay away from the harder stuff, then I'm I'm all for it too. Really, yeah. I just feel like you, it could, it can still be a slippery slope and still get get to you after a few years or decades. I mean, even some yeah. famous people that we know that I mean, they did ayahuasca to to get rid of their weed addiction, but their weed addiction had taken them down after a while. You know, so I think it's still he's back on the weed though. Yeah, I know. So do you have any advice for uh, dealing with boredom during lockdowns, all this? I mean, you must have, is, is your, is your business or your, your teachings is, do you have more people interested now? Is there more people entering into recovery, even though there's the lack of sort of personal meetings going on and stuff? I've been lucky. I sort of have my small pool of Dave Smith folks. You know, I have my mentoring program. I have, I have a lot of dedicated students. So Basically, what I've done is instead I've been trying to teach a smaller group of people. I've been taking a smaller group of people deeper into the practice. Perfect. Uh, and, and boredom is a great practice because boredom is an attitude of the mind. Boredom is a hundred percent your fault. You know, and so you know, boredom. You know, what do you do with it? It's a very you know, it, it's just a it's, it's actually a lack of chaos on some level. <laughs> People just don't know what to do with it. So, you know, it's a great time to be creative or to do the things that you've wanted to do. I think a lot of people are doing that who are super busy. Like, I have this time. Oh, should I take a walk or I'm going to do some gardening or I'm going to do some writing or shit, I'm going to read a book. You know, like, I think it's a great time to explore doing things that you used to maybe like to do. Or stuff that you procrastinated about, maybe that you've always been wanting to do for a couple of years. You've had that book on your shelf that, you know, you just never got around to it and then sort of forgot to even bother. That's exactly right. Yeah. So I think some people are taking advantage of it. Others, not so much. Yeah. Huh. So do you think there's an increase in, in this? Like Darren was flapping his gums there about alcohol sales and flapping all this kind of stuff. Gums. And I, I mean, I definitely know. I don't follow that stuff so much. I mean, I live way out in rural Colorado now. I'm kind of isolated from all this stuff. But from what I've read and what I've heard with actually, yeah, people are definitely 
relapses and drug addiction, it was already pretty bad. Yeah. But now it's really, really bad. I think people who have been sober for long periods of time have fallen off the wagon and people who were using are just using more. And I think after this whole thing is over, if it ever ends, uh, that we're going to see a whole, we're going to see a lot of issues with, with, with addiction. Not that we didn't already have them, but I think we're going to see, uh, we're going to see something else, something more, something, something maybe even more tragic. Yeah. I think there's even the subtler addictions, like stuff that might not be ruining your life right now, but might be causing some misery, you know, whether it's porn or gaming or food or your phone or just all these subtle things that, you know, you're stuck at home bored and what are you doing? Right. I'm going to look at my phone again, or I'm going to look at porn again, or just stay in that virtual reality headset, you know? That's right. It's hard to get off the screen. Yeah. So what do you recommend for people that see that coming? Like, or they, or maybe they don't want to see it, but they sense it. It's hard, you know, because what you're dealing with right out of the gate is denial, you know, and people generally, and I'm like this too. People don't like to admit that they're engaging in something that's maybe unskillful or not so great. And so, or, or, or we minimize it. We minimize it. We say, Oh, it's really not that bad. It's just my phone. I'm just looking at my phone. It's just, you know, cookies. It's just, so we, we, and even, you know, people with alcohol, they, so we, the minimizing and the denial and the justifying and the rationalizing, if you have that kind of going on in your psychology, you know, you're kind of in big trouble. And unfortunately, usually people don't really deal with it until the consequences get so bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, so my, my advice is like, try to be honest about some of the ways in which you're bullshitting yourself about what you're doing. Yeah. And I'm telling you, man, there's a freedom in that. Once you get to that point, there's a freedom in not lying to yourself anymore and not lying to other people. I mean, that's one of the, the biggest benefits I've found is just the freedom of, of honesty. Right. Yeah. And another way to say that is self-reflection or self-awareness. And, you know, right, self-awareness isn't, you know, when we start having more self-awareness and more self-honesty, it's, we're not always getting good news, you know? So, you know, I always say there's a difference between good news and bad information. You know what I mean? Or, or, you know, good information and bad news, you know? So it's like, is this bad news or is this good? Well, no, it's good information because I'm being informed about some of the things that I'm doing that really aren't serving me. They're not really, you know, they're, they're just kind of an uh, instant gratification. Uh, they're just making me sort of feel better, but not even really. So I think that it's better. Uh, that's why I think that, you know, of course, what underpins all this work, whether it's Buddhist recovery or regular recovery or any self help for lack of a better word, is you have to have some awareness about you, about yourself. Um, and that requires having to probably come to uh, some realization about some truths that are maybe hard to acknowledge. And does, does mindfulness come before that even? I mean, do you, cause to me, if you're just stuck in your negative thought patterns and I mean, how do you even break out of that? You know? Yeah, it's hard. You, you have to want to, you know, you have to have a desire to, you have to recognize that you have these patterns that are destructive and they're not serving you. You have to, you have to want to do something about it for, for something to change. And then, you know, once you have that, there's a whole bunch of things you can do actually, you know, you're, you're pretty well positioned. Yeah. Like what, what are some of the things you would teach people in your course? Well, you know, first and foremost, I mean, self-awareness, mindfulness, um, being able to understand that there's a difference between thinking and then being aware of thinking, <laughs> right? Big, big difference. But in the first person experience, it doesn't necessarily feel that way. So there's a way in which people can see, you know, the great 
famous Viktor Frankl quote around uh, between stimulus and response, there's a gap. And in that gap lies my power to choose. So if I have some awareness around my thinking, then I can choose to continue or I can choose to put my attention somewhere else. Um, it, it actually turns out one of the most important things is choice. And this is sort of Buddhist meditation 101, and it's also very tied to distraction and, and addiction culture, is attention. People's attention, people's attention's all over the place. And if you can choose where you place your attention, you can completely change everything in your life. And the practice and the practical part of it is that gap will increase the more you pay attention to it or the more you stop thinking and, and pay attention to the awareness of thinking, then that gap yeah. increases. That gives you more of a window of choice before you that's react right. or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Those short, the theory is short moments repeated become continuous. Right. So before, you know, like you come back to the breath or whatever, you're there for like a second and you're gone. You're a second and you're gone. Then it's two seconds. And then before you know it, you can do it for like a whole minute. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm fucking totally meditating right now. <laughs> so if you're stuck in that sort of negative, negative, um, that negative loop right. of, of negative thinking, how can you sort of, because I mean, it's not, sometimes it's not as easy as just like, like what's, how do you, how do you get people sort of started on that changing your attention? Because I mean, the easy way is to look at your phone or to go find a video game or to find some way to distract yourself from that negative thought process as opposed to say, you know, cause maybe it needs to be dealt with at some point, but th you know, like how do you sort of categorize dealing with someone who's sort of st stuck in that loop, which, you know, tends to lead down that destructive path in a lot of people. That's right. Yeah. And this is true for everybody. You know, I think the, um, one thing that's sort of the bad news on this is it takes time. You know, I mean, part of, part of the reason why we don't pay attention is because we're always searching for the next hit of pleasant distraction, right? Like a distraction to me is just a sort of psychological addiction. Most people are addicted to being distracted. So to counterbalance that, you A, have to recognize that that's not working for you anymore and you want to do something about it. And then you have to start doing these meditation exercises or mindfulness practices, you know, even 20 minutes a day. Uh, where you actually have to sit and you have to actually do a practice where you notice your mind wander, you come back to your breath, you notice your mind wander, you come back to your breath. The good news is, you know, even, even the research that comes out of Richard Davidson's laboratory in Madison, Wisconsin, is that if you do that, you know, five days a week for 90 days, 90 or 100 days, you actually start to see improvements. So, you know, that's not that long. <laughs> you know, it's not that long, you know, 90 or 100 days to start to overcome decades of bad habit patterns in the mind. Um, I think that's an encouraging idea. People should be encouraged by that. And th that's really what the neuroplasticity is about, is that your mind isn't this like terrible contraption that you're stuck with. It's this fluid uh, experience that you have agency over, but you have to intervene. You have to actually, quote unquote, do something. You can't just choose to stop being distracted. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great way to look at it. Do you have any other points about that before I switch topics a little bit? No, no, it's just, but it's easier to be distracted than it's ever been. I mean, we're probably oh, yeah. distracting people, people right find now. It enjoyable. You know, I, I talk about distraction as like, it's kind of like junk food for the mind, like distraction, like the bullshit distractions of your phone and the computer and all that stuff. It's like, it's like cool ranch Doritos and Dr. Pepper It's actually pretty good. 
but you're just taking in all this junk food, right? And it's like, it, it's just, it's unhealthy at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, you mentioned attention, and it's something that comes up not from a Buddhist perspective, but from a new thought perspective or manifestation or, you know, where you put your attention, you're, you're manifesting what you put your attention on. So how does that, if you get out of the sort of the Buddhist mindset a little bit, how does that help you? Or do you find that it overlaps with, you know, bringing yourself more focused attention will help you manifest something that might not be part of the Buddhist practice, but might help you, um, you know, thinking positively about your future or whatever it is that you're paying attention to, you know, instead of negative thought patterns or whatever. Right. Well, certainly Buddhism doesn't own attention, right? Like attention is a natural function of the mind. You know, so the, so there's that, which is kind of good. And and one could argue, the Buddhists would argue, and I think a lot of cognitive scientists would argue now, that attention is the most important function that the mind can perform. It's really what you want to see. People really don't understand. You want to see attention as a resource, something, an internal resource that, that has a lot of inherent value built into it as a just kind of a part of your, you know, as the engine of your mind. It's like the most, it's like the carburetor, right? It regulates everything. Could be your most valuable so, resource. That's yeah, what you. That's what we've we've called it. Eh? Current. It's your valuable currency. Your most valuable currency is attention. You're right. You're absolutely right. And you know the neuroscientists have been saying this for a long time. So, um, you know, having said that, it, it's also something that can be trained, um, and it's also something that can become very destructive. So, when you look at what what is what does the untrained attention look like? Well, they use they use this word and in cognitive science called rumination. And rumination is just everyday mind wandering. We, you, don't, you just let your mind wander. You just jump from one thought to the next, right? And when, when you do that, you ultimately end up almost always sort of feeling bad. Yeah, I heard you say that on one of your last shows, and I, it, I don't think I've heard that before yet. Right. Well, the big four categories, when we're lost in rumination, we're usually thinking about ourselves or others or the past or, or the, the future. future. Yeah, yeah. Those are the big categories. And most people, that's all they think about. So there's, there's no creativity. There's no imagination. There's no possibility. There's just, you know, she said this, they said that. Why am I like this? Why are I like that? Bad things are never going to, good, bad things are going to happen to me because bad things have always happened to me. You're just in that hamster wheel. So you have to just learn how to get out so you can understand what is the experience of non-rumination like. And then when you see, like, when you're not in rumination, that it actually feels good to be aware it feels good to be mindful. It feels good to not be caught in negativity. Then the feel-good system becomes your friend, and you're like, well, I'm just going to do more of this. This feels better. And maybe real solutions start bubbling to the surface. Yeah, that's right. I mean, in yeah. my experience anyway, it seems like when I can get out of that um, that circle, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Napoleon Hill guy, man. I tell people, by and large, about the most important book, one of the most important books you can read is Think and Grow Rich. And yeah. I mean, it's never what people think. They think it's some get rich book and it's not. It's completely about mindset and manifestation and what most people would call crazy fucking magic in today's world. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, you look at the people that endorsed that book a hundred years ago and it's pretty impressive. Nice. It's that old, huh? I, well, it was published in 37 and he spent 25 years writing it. So I think he started wow. it. He started it in the, the early teens. He's got like Henry Ford and Edison and people that turned out to be kind of scumbaggy in the end. But <laughs> I know one of the one of the best new thought books I read was Florence Shovel. That makes it more important, though. Right. That makes it important for people that aren't scumbaggy to use their tricks so that we can balance the scales a little bit. 
Right. Because right now the one end seems a little scumbag heavy. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, the the book I read was it was over a hundred years old too, called The Game of Life. I don't know what if that I think that came out before Napoleon Hills, but yeah, she was talking about the same stuff, like you know, focusing on positive things and and really keeping your attention in the in the positive future instead of you know in the negative past or the the scary future. Well, it's like when we talk to Lynn McTaggart, she talks about how even if there's no, even if you want to forget about the placebo effect and and any sort of magic, just take all the woo woo out of it. We've got experimentation, that intention, just that that intention of positive thinking still just still improves. It's like, I forget the number was like 8% or something like that, but there's still, even with no magic brought into it at all. Like if you're just a straight shooter who doesn't want to take any woo or metaphysical into it all, we've got evidence that shows that positive thinking works period, just because it starts, you know, starts i don't i don't know how it works because i'm not a scientist i'm a fucking podcaster but but that's where but that's where that comes back that's where like the buddhist practice is so practical because because you can catch yourself like even in some of those mindfulness meditations when it says you can catch your mind you know this thought leads to another thought leads to another thought like you can start to trace your thoughts and where they go they go three or four stages away and then you're like whoa 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 come back to the breath Come back to the breath, yeah, but you can see things. it happening, right? And then, that's and, right, and like you said, the, the rumination seems to end up in negativity for some reason. I don't know if that's human nature or, or more of a well, you know contemporary thing. There's a couple things. There's a couple things that are big. Is we do have a negative attention bias, so it's not actually a fair system. The, <laughs> the, 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 the attention is actually calibrated a little bit towards the negative. And the other way to think about it is, you know, positive negative is okay. But like the emotional intelligence world has better language around this. Like, for example, like positive outlook is considered an emotional intelligent competency. So people who are emotionally intelligent, who move through the world with more happiness and more ease, and they, they just tend to see the glass is half full. Oh, yeah. Even if, the ha- even if the glass isn't half full, it's better to see it that way. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. That. And seeing that, you know, like really positive, negative, the way I like to think about it is it's destructive or constructive. Right. And so, you know, it's like, you know, and so you can kind of see. So part of part of mindfulness is not just noticing the mind wandering, coming back, but noticing if, if the mind is going to a to what feels like a constructive or a wholesome yeah. or a positive place. Let it go. there. Yeah, exactly. Don't exactly. Yep. That's what I've said. Choose when I go to the future, choose to be a positive future instead of a negative future. But that's, that's a, that's a lot of training and a lot of habit for me to go to the negative future. But well, that's the problem with the meditation culture is that the meditation culture sort of has a bad attitude about thinking in general, (laughs) you know, and like, you know, like if you, you know, like if you're thinking you're not meditating and it's like, sure. If we're trying to train our attention to be in our breathing, of course, there's a degree that, but at some point we have to deal with our thoughts. And so from a mindfulness perspective, practice perspective and really i think what you what you guys are saying which has nothing to do with mindfulness of buddhism is that people are finding that if you are cultivating your mind you're cultivating an attitude that's more positive more constructive more hopeful life is just better if you do that so that's what that that's what that emotional intelligence like that's what that comes up with uh your with the positive outlook it does create a better life for people is that what the they say or yeah, and also they say that people who, you know, that that's one of the, 
you know, they study people who, you know, have emotional intelligence and to, who do well in the world. And that's one of their attributes, right? Like that shows up in the research of like, oh, these people who are happy and well-adjusted and do well, they all have a positive, you know, yeah. none of those people have a bad attitude. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of the people that, it, yeah, yeah. Some of the people that, they, it's not like they all make it there, but the other ones make it there less frequently. That's right. You know, something like that. Yeah, that's so interesting. Huh. Where do you want to go from here? What do you want to talk about? Weaponize your attention. Yeah. To your, you mean, why would you say weaponize? Well, because it's a fucking battle out there, bro. Have you not been paying attention? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, we're you, in the midst of it. Pardon the pun? Pardon the pun? Have you not been paying attention? Yeah. Well, oh, I didn't even notice like the pun. I'm just punning on autopilot now. Autopun. Well, there's, there's a word that people have been using now that I like around what's going on in the world right now called doom scrolling. Oh, yeah, you're just like, yeah. You know, and that's what you're talking about. That's that weaponized attention is like, I think right now I've, I've just noticed this since this whole COVID thing. And down here, we got to deal with this crazy maniac named Donald Trump. I'm sure you've heard of him. And so, you know, I have to restrict and I have to really actually put effort into daily not letting myself take in too much yeah, COVID like I, you just can't do it because so I think part of it is just trying to manage that um, and we've know, entered and this noticed, new world where you know there's no such thing as like facts and shit anymore I mean it's all just shit on the screen it, it's not worth paying attention to it's all spin and I don't know anybody I dare you to find a human being that's happier as a result of watching the news do they ever do the lotto on the news? They used to. Do, but you can probably get that on your own. Well, I don't know. Like, not, Europe has some few... of those naked weather girls. Those look all right. Yeah. <laughs> that's not news, though. That's the weather. Is the weather not news? It is kind of a shit show, especially in Alberta. But, yeah, I mean, we were going to start the podcast on it. We were going to have a good news segment. It was going to be about good news. You guys should totally do that. You should call it good news only. Good news only. Yeah. There you go. Uh, we have a thing on the roof that says good vibes only. There you go. We're halfway there. But then how do you deal with those negative vibes when they come up? Trans- get them transmute I, them. I got rid of them. Really? I did. I, I feel like I'm almost there in a lot of ways, too. Like when I, and I get tested. But I feel like I can't, you can't keep me down for long. You just can't. No, no matter how yeah. much shitty it is, you know, a couple hours later, I'm going to bounce back. Yeah. I you're might still be grumpy. The word they use. But. What's that? You, you're resilient. Resilient, yeah. It means yeah. that you recover, there's that, there's that word, you recover more quickly from a setback or like a disappointment or a conflict. You, 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 you're, you get, you know, we, get, we always get these little setbacks in life in all these different ways, and you get back to your kind of general set point a lot quicker. And that's, that's, that's one thing you want to learn how to measure over time is that sense of resilience. I've been called optimistic to a fault. What? Okay. Do you think that's a thing? Probably, like, I'm trying to imagine who would have called him that. Like, I don't know anybody that would have called him that. But. Must have been a very negative person. Well, yeah, I have been accused in the past of just being too, um, you know, too focused on the good and, and not really... But that's my mindset. I just don't, I just, you know, I well, feel like the battle work itself that, I think if you're, if you're avoiding things that you need to deal with um, in that magical thinking, but I, I, I don't know. I don't, uh, 
Yeah, if that's your problem, then I think you're doing pretty good. I'll take that. The problem is that you're too positive. Then like, I think you're okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Did you, did you find that that route to emotional intelligence from Buddhism was a natural kind of thing for you to start learning that? I mean, it seems to fit very well. It does. It does. But I, one thing that I noticed that I kind of hit the wall in my Buddhist practice and my Buddhist training was that I didn't feel like Buddhism or Buddhist practice or whatever you want to call it. It didn't adequately address emotions. And so when I started to notice that actually most of my suffering in life was emotional, like if I'm not, I do pretty good I, my mind, my body, we're, I'm pretty, we're pretty good in here. But when I, emotions, you know, anger, fear, sadness, shame, these types of things, when I become emotional, that's, that's when I suffered. And I didn't feel like I was getting any kind of directions on how to deal with that. And so when you look, when you take mindfulness or you take a contemplative practice into the world of emotions, then you actually have a fighting chance. And I think a lot of it has to do with realizing that emotions aren't going anywhere. And also emotions aren't negative or positive either. They're constructive or destructive. Most people would say anger is a negative emotion. Well, that's not true. Anger can be very helpful, can be very useful. So it's not the emotion that's you know good or bad or negative or positive. It's my my relationship to the emotion. So like, you know, sadness can be very helpful and very constructive, and so can anger. So that changed the game for me of like, oh, you mean I'm stuck with these things. Because I thought if I was going to be a good Buddhist meditator and I was going to awaken or become enlightened and all that, you know, tomfoolery, that, 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 that I would stop having that experience. And I wasn't stopping having that experience. So I, I, would, I, had, to, I had to, you know, I had to look outside the box. Well, the other thing is when it happens now, when I, when I get angry, which is, is fairly rare, but if I get uh, angry or in a conflict, I feel it physically in my body like I never used to. I mean, I was numb to any kind of physical <clears throat> attunement to my emotions, but now it's a, it's a, it's a visceral, you know, shaking or feeling in my, in my body in certain areas, which I, I would Triggered. have never thought. Yeah. Like literally physical, you know, if, when a conflict and uh, so it's well, that's so, one of the problems with emotional intelligence is that it, 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 most people, repress their emotions that they don't want to deal with and so when you start becoming you've been practicing for a little while when you stop repressing them you actually feel them and sometimes that can be counterintuitive you're like well wait a minute i don't i don't this is worse now i was better off repressing them yeah i don't want to feel it in my body now yeah but you actually you actually have to that's like the you know the second stage of emotional intelligence the a you have to identify that you've become emotional and then second b you have to actually access that emotion and a lot of people, when they're in the, in the heat of the moment, they don't want it. We don't want to do that. Now, does the act of, does the act of um, acknowledging that emotion or does it help it dissipate? I mean, just, just that awareness of it help it dissipate? Yeah, it does. It does. Awareness of an emotion will take this, take the intensity out of it a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't but, find it takes the intensity out of it so much, but it makes me able to navigate the space. Without sure. reacting to it, whereas, say, a couple of years ago, I'd be yelling and screaming. I can just sort of logically, you know, if you looked at me or hooked my heart's going a mile a minute, and I might even be shaking a little bit, but I'm able to keep my cognitive discipline and my wits about me right. and not say things that I'm going to regret or things like that. And right, I'm not, yeah, that's not all able... the time, but, you right. know, no, 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 no it's, it's still like time. most of the time compared to where it was like five years ago, it was none of the time. Right. Yeah. So that means you're, you're regulating it. You know, you're, you're letting it in, you're not repressing it, you're letting in, but you're actually working with it in real time and you're not letting it 
overtake what you say or what you do. And it's hard work, right? When you're in Oh it, yeah, especially just... when you're podcasting cuz sometimes it'll happen while you're on the mic in a conversation and you've got to try and, you know, cuz you can feel that fluttering in your chest, you know, and it, you know, to try and maintain that that it's a real it's it can be because you know, you don't want to descend into madness. You just don't. <laughs> Do you guys get do you guys get heated moments on the podcast? Do you guys get into it with people? Not so much heated as just like emotionally ranty or something like that. Oh uh, sure. And yeah, we get yeah. into it with each other sometimes. I mean, oh, we yeah. did every, we did over the whole COVID, so. we, we did over the COVID thing. We're like because I wanted to talk about it and he didn't want to talk about it anymore. And I'm like we had a sort of an argument about it. Yeah, I can see that with you guys. You guys definitely. I can I can smell the beef through the screen. Yeah, it's good. You, know, though. you guys you guys obviously have unresolved issues between you, but it's okay. It's good. <laughs> yeah. <tons. laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean it's good because we can we we have different opinions. I mean, we've had different evolve uh we've evolved differently throughout the show and the time and you know, it's it's super interesting where we've come from and where we are now. I love and, the cat wants in. But uh but you know, d- we can fight about things and or argue about things and it's all good. It's it's fine. So nice. Yeah. But oh, we, yeah, don't, we don't get into it that much. The, really. When we were we fighting to... on the one episode, people commented about how we fight like dorks because we were uh, just like able to like hear each other's opinions and have a real communication. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys have like a D and D style fight, huh? Oh, I don't play that shit. I just I can't I <laughs> that's a good that's a good analogy i like that right. just roll dice yeah take turns you know yeah. take your your turn my turn uh so what do you what about your course how do you want to talk about that a little bit or yeah sure sure that's that sounds like a good, yeah good transition um you know it's a you know we we could talk for hours about this but but the long story or the the short story is that you know i was part of refuge recovery and i've, I've been involved in addiction treatment for many, many years. And of course, recovery Dharma is is a thing now. But generally speaking, uh, I've been sort of pretty disappointed uh, at the status of the Buddhist recovery world. I think that there's a lot of interest, there's a lot of appetite, it could really, really help a lot of people. And it's just kind of like, it's in a a bad state of affairs. Okay. And and one of the things that so people have been asking me about that, and I've politely kind of stepped aside for a while, but now I feel like I can bring something back in that's going to be helpful. And I think one of the things that's that's a big debate that's you can't really get around it is this hierarchy, right? Like, so people were pissed off around the refuge recovery thing and all that happened with Noah. And then Recovery Dharma wanted to do a peer-led thing uh, to kind of resist that. But the problem is somebody needs to know what they're talking about. And so the Buddhist tradition does have a 3,000-year-old tradition of what's called Dharma transmission. Sort of a t- there is a hierarchy built into a student-teacher relationship. Somebody needs to know what the hell we're talking about, or we're not going to get anything done. You know, so the reason why I, one thing that's been a benefit of COVID is to switch online. It's like, in, you know, now that I've gotten savvy at building online content, it's like I built an online course. So it's not that I'm in charge uh, it's that this we have a course we have, we have material it's like a, like a college class you know and we can talk about the material uh and i'm not saying i i'm right and you know it's yeah, not yeah, authoritarian yeah. it's more of a conversation yeah you know i have had the you know people don't have to do what i did they don't have to spend 25 years reading these old buddhist texts and trying to come to terms with this stuff it's like you might as well cheat off my homework yeah and you know so what i've done is i've laid out the early teachings in a very 
pragmatic way, very practical way where people can, there's videos that they can watch, there's hours of videos, there's teachings to read, there's guided meditations. It's all in there. You know, you get access to the class. It's a subscription-based, and it's, you, you get the whole thing at once. You can go in there. And then every week, I get on the Zoom for an hour, and I, I pick a piece out of the course, and I talk about it. We do some meditation, and then we discuss it. Yeah. So, you know, and we don't have to be in the same room. Like you could, I don't have to be in Calgary for you, for you to participate. And people have acclimated to zoom a little bit. So yeah, yeah. I thought it would be a good time and a good place to really give something to people that they could actually use. And then that we could actually discuss. Um, because one of the things that I think is important when people take on a meditation practice or a Buddhist practice or a Buddhist recovery practice, people want to feel like they're making progress. Yeah. And, and that, that's true with anything. If I want to learn to play guitar, I want to eventually learn how to play Stairway to Heaven, right? You know, like, I, I want to be able to track this stuff. And if I don't have a teacher and I don't have teachings, if I don't have a measuring stick, then I'm never going to be able to tell what's going on. So having this three-way relationship where there's a teacher, there's a student, and then there's content, it gives us at least some kind of a measuring stick to get a sense of what we're doing, why we're doing it, is it working, is it not working? Um, because Buddhism is, is, is not a, it's not, it's not, uh, it's simple but not easy. So, you know, lots of things come up. And so if you don't have anybody to talk to about them, you know, I call it homeschoolers. There's all these Buddhist recovery homeschoolers out there. And, you know, it, it's hard to be a homeschooler. Yeah, and people will have direct access to you as a partner as well, not just a teacher-student kind of thing, right? But it'll be more interactive, I guess, right? More interactive. It's more like I feel like I'm a lab partner, or like yeah, a teacher, yeah, like would yeah. be in a in a in a in a in a school setting where it's like, yes, I'm sort of the authority figure. I do have the content, but we can talk about it. It's not uh, it's not so top down that way. I'm not trying to control what you do or how you think. Yeah, yeah. Which is you know, which is what happens in a kind of one on one hierarchical, you know, kind of you know, in the spiritual traditions that whether it's religious, spiritual, Buddhist, doesn't want to call it, they, they've all had their scandals, they've all had their problems because of the power dynamic that gets created. Do you and also, have, it's going to be hard for me to manipulate you through the screen. Yeah. <laughs> do, you have a length, do you have a length, or is it, does it go for a certain, is there an end, or does it just continually no end, just man, evolve? Yeah. yeah. So what it is, so I created this content, which is a lot, and then what I'll do is we'll have the weekly calls, which I'll record, like you saw me do in my other ones, so if you miss it, I'm gonna I'll record the audio and put it back into the course. So what I'll do is I'll keep adding to the course as we find new things that the course doesn't address. Nice. Yeah. To be added. So it'll just be this ongoing like Buddhist recovery library that just grows and expands and and it's subscription based. So you pay you pay a monthly fee and you know and if you want to cancel, you cancel. If you want to come back on, you come back on. It's no big deal. People are used to that now. They you know they get they they don't have Netflix. They get Netflix because there's a show they like. And then they watch the show and they cancel it again. It's like, you know, it's a, it's kind of an ongoing thing. That's um, a great idea. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, you know, I was thinking, I was like, well, what would I want to do? You know, if, as a student, it's like, well, I wish I had something like that that I could actually plug into. And yeah. the good thing was I, I did enough of research when I worked for Mindful Schools around these learning management systems. And I found a, a one called Rizuku, which is like a, a learning management system. So once you get the access to the course, you know, you can use it. You can do it on your tablet. You can do it on your computer. You can get it on your phone. So you can be sitting in the airport. You can be sitting on your back porch and looking at the course, watching the videos, doing the readings and the guided meditations. You can do it right on your screen. So if people are addicted to their screens, they might as well look at something that actually might be fucking helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. Good timing for it too. Really. I mean, it's, 
It's interesting being a part of the Buddhist recovery community that is not that is now online, even locally. Like, I mean, we have our little Zoom meetings every week, or there's a few meetings every week now, but it's not. You know, there's less people showing up. There's not. It's not. Uh, it's not the same as it being in person. You know, but and it's not. Well, yeah. And it's just the same meeting. It would be nice to get deeper into some of the stuff. Now, is this right. just recovery based? Is this just for people that that? Are struggling with addiction or can anyone just be like hey man i want to learn some mindfulness it's interesting i have two people two women actually in la who emailed me and said hey i'm not in recovery but i really want to take your course you know can i can i take your course even if i'm not in recovery i was like absolutely anybody can take it yeah you know because my I, I would argue from a buddhist perspective that everybody's addicted to something anyway yeah just like the 12 steps are beneficial to everybody really if they right. wanted so, to practice so it. people so i think what will happen which will be good is generally speaking the people who are signing up for the course are people who i already know who already know me who like me and who like my stuff so you know there's probably already 50 people signed up who are people who have been doing this for a while They've been in recovery, bottom 10, 20, 30 years. They're really in the maintenance stage that as new people might come in, hopefully they're going to just have a great group of people that they can connect yes, with. Yes, and yes. the other thing is in the course, in the module coursework, every activity has like a little question and prompt. So you can type with all these little chat rooms and these little discussion threads that people can engage in, in the course. So you can, you can connect, you can talk to other people all over the world, right inside the course material you can put pictures and videos and all different types of stuff so um the interactive piece if people you know like i say you're on your phone anyway you might as well do something constructive yeah that's a good idea so what about uh what do you think about the recovery community in general with buddhism and the world so is it is it stagnant do you think is it is it having problems because i haven't really been paying attention at the at the higher level like that i, I don't know i going. unplugged from a while yeah. ago but from what yeah. i hear people i know people who have been in it and you know it sounds like a lot of people are sort of just disappointed and frustrated because they're not you know they, they already went through their recovery dharma refuge recovery debate and i think people are just sort of like you know a little bit kind of like oh whatever at this point there's a lot of sort of disappointment that i think the enthusiasm has been kind of robbed from that whole thing yeah it was never thriving anyway it's like you know it wasn't even around that long before you know the, the shit hit the fan early yeah yeah you know yeah. you know and so it was like um that didn't help so um it also you know but also buddhism recovery has been around for 50 years people have been doing this stuff for a long long time but as far as um people being able to do it more in a collective sense. That's a little bit newer. And I think what my hope is, is actually giving people clear, concise, accurate uh, frameworks for what the early Buddhist tradition is saying, uh, because Buddhism, you know, there's, you know, how many kinds of Buddhisms are there in which Buddhist recovery is it? So, you know, I talk about this in the course, but just to say like, what I'm doing is I'm just going I'm just going all the way back to the earliest teachings, to the, what's in the Pali Canon, what they call early Buddhism in, in the academic world. And I'm just pulling what's in. I'm just going back to the first album. And I'm like, okay, let's just like, you know, and that's what I'm taking from. There's a bunch of stuff that comes later. I'm not for it. I'm not against it. I'm just not going there. I figure let, if we're going to explore this stuff, let's go to the original source. Let's see what it says. And let's see if it works. So uh, I would say a lot of this to me feels very experimental. I think it's good timing, man. People are, there's a pushback from the 12 steps. There's not, people don't know where to go for recovery now. The Buddha, Buddhism 
style can satisfy both people that are into spirituality and the secular crowd because it's not so sort of uh, de- deified, you know. Even it's though it's a lot a- less woo-woo, I think, and I and I largely thank the science world and, and the secular mindfulness world. I mean, you know, you go to a whole health food store, you know, and there's a mindful magazine on the rack. You know, it's not some mystical, weird hippie shit anymore. It's just really, um, you know, it, it's very mainstream. And so I think that people are less, um, I mean, I've been on Buddhist meditation retreats with Catholic priests before, you know, and so um, it doesn't have that belief system element to it. Yeah. It just sort of has that, like, well, come and try it out. If you like it, great. If not, no, it's no big deal. There's no obligation. Yeah. It's you more know, you're not going to, like, burn in hell if you get it wrong. Yeah, it's more of a like. Uh, I guess it'd be more of like a, it's a almost practice. like a practice yeah. than a religion. It's more of like a way of living your life. It's a day to day. You know, you could break it down to being like almost like exercising. You couldn't have said it better. I mean, I don't know where you. I don't know who you stole that from, but you're saying it exactly right. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and actually, if you really break it down, if you really want to break it down, it's actually recognizing that your life actually does happen one moment at a time. And if you get good at being able to pay attention to moments, you're actually way more connected to your life. Right. Uh, And, you know, and so, you know, we know that, you know, that your life happens one moment at a time, but we get so caught up in our thoughts and our distractions that, you know, sometimes the whole day goes by. And if you ask me what I had for breakfast, I'm like, I don't even remember what I had for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Darren, what'd you have for breakfast? Do you remember? I uh, had coffee for okay. breakfast. Yeah. Me too. I had, yeah, I, I had Darren's uh, homemade sausage for breakfast. All right. I had, I, you know, I really wanted, I got this thing with Popeyes. I really wanted Popeyes for lunch. So I tried to go to the Popeyes. I like rerouted my, my thing for, because, you know, I, I eat pretty good. But I got this fucking thing with Popeyes. I got to get that Cajun shrimp like once a week. I just love that shit. And uh, there's a huge line at Popeyes. So I just, I just skipped lunch. You peaced out. Yeah, I just Yeah, I had the thing. That's why I moved to rural Colorado. I'm 45 (laughs) minutes away from a traffic light. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like at 45 minutes from like a McDonald's. Yeah, you're not going any fast. I just don't eat it because it's like too inconvenient. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good idea. Good plan. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll go downstairs and make a salad. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that'd be the better thing to do. If I could just like. I got so much food here too that if I could just slip into the mindset of making lunches, I'd yeah. be in. So you, you, so Popeyes is your Achilles heel. Oh yeah, and skip the dishes too. These motherfuckers. I mean, it's just like I'm so sick of doing. I'm so sick of cleaning my kitchen. This is the thing that gets me because I do cook a lot, and I have you know I've always got tons of wild meat in my freezers, and there's always tons of food here, but it's those dishes and just like. I'll be sitting around, you know, hanging out with the kids or the girlfriend, and it's just like, or, or you know, I just had my my family here for the holidays, oop, oop, allegedly, um, and it's like, okay, it's gonna take fucking forty minutes to cook this shit, Which and then it's gonna take it another forty minutes to clean it up. I or I could just go on my phone, and some shit will show up at the door, and someone will ring the doorbell, and I won't even have to look at them. Yeah, I don't have that luxury. Those days are over for me. This is the problem. This is the they get you. 
You got to move rural, bro. You can't, if you can't handle it, man, you can't handle it. I can't handle the pressure. You got that, you got that Popeye's crack type going, man. And you just can't put it down. I, this is it. It's, it's, it's I realized today it's a real, cause I was like emotional when there was a line at the line at the drive-thru. I was like, I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so when does your course start? February 1st? It starts February 1st officially. So if you get, if you, so I'm doing a discount right now. If you, if you register for the whole year, you save like 200 bucks. It's like, you know, it's 280 bucks for the whole year, which actually gives you, a yeah. More account- yeah. Yeah. It gives you more accountability. Cause if you sign up for the whole year, you're better off. But so that's open right now. And also you can just sign up for 40 bucks a month and just, you know, they'll just pull it out, whatever, like you, like you do everything else. Um, and I did, did all the annoying leg work. I'm trying to get all that back end technical stuff set up so people can sign up for both. But February 1st, the course open so you'll get access to all the stuff and then starting on february 7th uh the the sessions will begin so i'm going to alternate because everybody's you know now there's no good convenient time for anybody anymore so i'm going to do sunday mornings and wednesday nights so it'll be sunday morning and then it'll be like nine days and a wednesday night and a short sunday morning and a wednesday night so that way people don't you know who just can't do sunday morning i don't know about sunday morning but the grimerica is on wednesday nights bro (laughs) Wait, today's Tuesday. Well, sometimes it's on Wednesday, so that's some heavy competition. Well, sometimes don't do that. I what mean, time? Sunday you're only competing with God. That's that's nothing. <laughs> What's yeah, he, he, his numbers are going down? <laughs> yeah, big time. <laughs> what time on Sunday morning is it? Uh, ten a.m. Mountain. Ten a.m. Mountain. Oh yeah, ten a.m. our time. Yeah. So oh, yeah, can, you're Mountain too. Can ah, people join uh, later on, like in March, April? Like, is it yeah, open to people? Like, no, you open, don't have you to start, start, right? Yeah. yeah. No, it's that's just good. that's just when it's going to open. So yeah. You know, you can, you could, you know, if it goes well, which I think it will, it has been, it's already been pretty successful. Uh, people will just, more people will just come and my hope is that it will do well and that it will be successful. And then I'll add more nights. You know, if, 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 if there's enough of people coming in and there's enough yeah. of money coming in, you know, I'll add a night. And my, my, my hope would to be to the point where it gets big enough that there's enough of income and enough of capital that, that there could be a meeting every night of the week, maybe yeah. even like, you know, a nooner, you know, I, the sky's the limit. So that way, and then I will, I'll train other people or I have other people I know, like my wife's going to do some of the sessions. Good. Uh, so that way it could actually, in, you know, it could turn into, I don't know that it will. I don't care if it does. Yeah. But yeah. But at least the, it's scalable. It's scalable. That's the word I've learned recently. It's yeah. definitely scalable. <laughs> and it'd be great if it could be like, you know, every night of the week. So you could just kind of pop on. And the great thing with technology now is I'll just record all of them. So if you miss it, you know, you can just listen to it later. I'll, I'll put the audio up. So it's, you know, it's one of those things that you really won't miss anything. Well, like I was saying before we started recording, I like your your style of even in your podcast feed that you have right now, Dave Smith Dharma. You've got some stuff in there where you record your classes, where you record a little Dharma talk at the beginning on a subject, yeah. whether it's Dukkha or meta practice or something. And then you'll do your meditation and then... I don't know. And then I, we do a discussion, yeah. but I don't yeah. record a discussion. Yeah, so other right. people don't have to be all over the interwebs, but, yeah, yeah. and I'll do the same thing with this. So yeah. if people want to share or ask questions and they're nervous, I'm not going to put that up. I'll, I edit that part out. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so it's nice. Cause it's quick, you know, like you, you, you've listened to them. They're like 40 minutes. It's like yep. 20 minute talk, 20 minute meditation. There's a nice bite size. Yep. And uh, what else was I going to say? And I can attest to, I have a friend of mine that that's, that's, been coached by you monthly and he loved it. So, um, you know, I, I have evidence that, uh, is it Donnie? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Donnie. I haven't seen him in a while. I hope yeah. he's got him when he's yeah. listening out there. I miss yeah. that dude. Yeah. I haven't seen him in a while either. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, so I mean, it's uh, I think it's good. I'll recommend people to to check it out for sure. Yeah, I hope you guys uh, do good up there. I want to get back up there at some point if we ever, you know, if I ever get to leave my property again. Yeah, yeah, and maybe you know. uh, maybe what I'll do is I'll share this with uh, with my Dharma group out here too. Um, your your information. Cool. I'll, uh, and we can talk about it in our announcements or something like that as well. So that'd be sweet. Yeah. I appreciate the support yeah. always. I don't know if you've connected with them already, but I'll I'll make sure that they get the information. Yeah, it's hard now because there's so many of them out there. I just kind of yeah, you know, it's, it's a world of the interwebs, right? You just chuck it out there on Instagram <laughs> and Facebook, and you just it's just like yeah. it's like a you know, flamethrower, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, you don't know where it's going to land. That's why I was, I was happy to connect with you again and let people know about it a little bit. Here, yeah, I know. Yeah, right you and I had a good conversation a couple years ago. Yeah, you bet. So, do you want to? Uh, is there anything else do you think uh, you left out about it, or do you want to? wrap it up no no i'll send you some links you can pop them up there yeah for sure um, everything that i do is at dave smith dharma.com yep. so if you go to my website anything that i've ever basically done is somewhere there yep. i think there's a link to that on the home page so people can check that out right um, and also you know my i i have dave smith dharma podcast i have a bunch of stuff out there probably more stuff than i even know about at this point because the interweb is just a you know yeah you know, you know it is what it is Right on, Dave. Well, I, I wish you all the best. I hope, uh, I think that's a really good idea to do to do this. Maybe this is what the Buddhist recovery community needs is a new take on this, a new sort of online tool. I think it's, I think it's a good idea. The more I think about it, the more I think this is what's kind of needed, you know, a little bit more cool. focused, I appreciate it, man. focused stuff instead of just sort of these meetings that people go to sort of without real deep discussion or, you know, direction, like this will be more you know, in-depth yeah, learning. I don't so. mean, I don't mean to be derogatory about it, but it's a little bit like the blind leading the blind. Yeah. You know, it's like if you went to an AA meeting with 30 newcomers, you'd probably all end up at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? So. All right, buddy. Thanks for all joining right, us. Right on. Good to yeah. see you, Dan. Thanks, okay. Dave. Good luck. See you, buddy. And that was a chat with, uh, Dave Smith. Fabulous Dave Smith. What do you think, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Now you and Dave are buddies. No, no, no. We just no. we talked on the show uh, last uh, couple years ago. He remembered. Oh, is that all? Is that all how you know Dave? Is yeah. From the well, show no, and did? I saw him at a at a live. Like he did a um, a conference. What would I say? Conference or teaching for Recovery Dharma, or it was Refuge back then before it split. But uh, it was fantastic. It was a workshop, like a workshop. And I met him in the workshop and it was, it was great workshop with him. And so I thought, you know, he could, he'd be good on the podcast. So I talked to him about it then. And how long ago was this? A couple of years ago now. I don't think I remember. What episode was it? Oh my God. Really? We were just talking about this before. Dude, we're officially at the point. You just went through all that. We're officially at the point. I did just go through them because I just downloaded every episode we've ever done on black budget and on the regular feed. The regular feed is 56 and a half gigs. Episode 245, what? Oh, yeah, so that's almost like half the show ago. It can't ago. be that old. That's half the show ago, bro. 2017, October 2017. Oh, we really turned it up like three years ago, eh? We've what? done half the episodes in three years almost. Yeah. Of an eight-year podcast. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. yeah. Cranking them up, and now we got the new feed, all this crazy shit happening. What a wonderful time to be alive. This is it. How could you be... Uh, this is this is my positively problem. Come bubbling to the surface again. I really I mean, who thinks? See, I'm the guy who had a good year during like the worst year in yeah in recent history. Yeah, but I still think there's some positives going to come out of this shit. Oh yeah, Hollywood's yeah. toast. Yeah, is it? Yeah. Take the power back. 
Yeah, I do really think mindfulness is key. It's important. The the practice that Dave teaches is very, very important. Well, I think it's more important now because it was like built in or it was like the norm or I don't know what the word I'm looking for was, but maybe it was like inevitable to a certain extent up until, up until, you know, 30, 40, 60 years ago, somewhere in that where, where you don't have endless distractions you can right. get yourself into. And I think, you know, especially like a hundred years ago or 200 years ago, there's just a certain amount of Zen in your work. You know, you're yeah. not thinking, fuck, I got to get, cause I like to think that you did the, those people were never like, fuck, I got to get this till field field tilled so I can go pick up the kids from school or, you know, you're just in your life. You're yeah. Just, you're very, yeah, no, I feel like you're that very too. forced into the moment. No, I, I feel I like that was this, the eighties for us. I mean, I this feel is like not the eighties, bro. D- no, not, Darren, I'm saying that was what I felt like in the eighties. Like we were riding around on our bikes and it didn't matter. Like it was just whatever. We we're just doing whatever. Oh, yeah, we're in the what moment. You mean. Like, yeah. To a certain we were, extent when you were younger and for we sure. even, even like at night, okay, we watched a TV show, but we were just content with just watching a TV even show. Even when I was, like there wasn't a million things part of it when you're a kid I think that you're because when I was a kid too it was like the same thing we could have watched TV well I only had three channels and video games were still pretty early but by the time I was like 10 you know we were up to like I had a Sega Genesis or some shit but I still spend most of my time outside outside yeah. doing something yeah that was until it was late or cold in the winter yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. you know you'd yeah you still go into the rink and it's just like but I think when you go back a couple hundred years, it's just like there's nothing else to be doing but living, living, and you don't know any better. You're not going through an Instagram feed or watching TV, dude's crib, and you know how he's got butlers and a better house than you. You're just like you probably didn't see any houses outside of your village. It's just you got to get that shit done. You didn't know there was life. a guy like Dan Blazarian with like twenty chicks around him at all times. Who's Dan Blazarian? You don't know. That's okay. Just make that up. <laughs> Anyway, big shout out to Dave. Thanks for coming on the show again. Big shout out to you guys. Big thanks to you guys for for listening to our crazy ramblings. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I want to shout out to the guy who uh, has quitted gambling. Appreciate it. Hang in there, buddy. Maybe connect with Dave Smith or recoverydharma.com, I believe, or .org. There's meetings all over the place. You can connect with some people that are going through the same thing. Totally. Uh, if you want to support the show so we can keep doing this work without uh, bending the corporate overlords or sponsorship or just having to find something else to do because we, because the money dried up, go america.ca slash support. If you can, when you can, sign up for a monthly or do a one-time donation. Or We don't have any other revenue stream except for you guys and the listeners. And we're lucky enough to have you know, a few hundred of you that pay all the bills and stuff now and help us keep going and growing. 2020 was hard on that. So we're hoping to make 2021 a year of recovery. So, uh, slash support. If you can, when you can guys, we could use it now more than ever launching new projects, new expenses, new everything, more time. We love you. Grimerica.ca slash support. Of course, there's a bunch of ways you can help the show in the show notes check out the show notes wherever you're listening to the podcast or go to grammarica.ca and check out this episode number and all the notes will be there and uh, there'll be links to everything and how to support and review the show and share the show and sign up for newsletters and all that fun stuff it's all in the show notes all helps it's all in the show notes grammarica.ca slash chats 
If you want to have uh, better conversations than you're probably having it on your current social media, check that out. Not every day, but most days. And uh, I think that's all we got. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Storm damage got you blue? Sunburn get you let down? Well, introducing the new Gem Trails. Gem Trails are a convenient new chemtrail that we've 
plow through your sky to insure you with the haziest and non-blue sky that you could have. Gem Trails. Choose from our variety of geo-engineered aerosols loaded with toxic chemicals. Some chemicals may include barium, strontium-90, aluminum, cadmium, zinc, viruses of all sorts and varieties, and chafe which actually looks like snow, but may actually be fibers coated with aluminum, desiccated blood cells, plastic, and paper. All chemtrails can be conveniently customized for your needs. Just ask our friend here, James Cruz. Chemtrails. James Cruz ordered the barium, strontium-90, and the chafe. And the chafe he chose was desecrated blood cells in plastic. Gem trails. So I'm sitting in my backyard getting sunburned constantly. And I hear this ad come on the radio. Gem trails. Gem trails. And what they can do for you is amazing. For 33 payments of $333. Gem trails. No more sunburn. Thanks, Gem Trails. Gem Trails. Thanks, Gem Trails. <coughs> That's right, James. For 33 easy payments of $330, you too can have a hazy sky with zero sun and zero sunburn. Gem Trails. With our brand new technology coming straight out of MIT, we fitted an airplane with nozzles and we can come to any area in the world and spray your backyard. Chemtrails. Warning, warning, warning. Symptoms associated with chemtrails include aneurysms, strokes, heart attacks, and cancer. Chemtrails. Other side effects may include irradiated breast milk, anal leakage, jock itch, runny nose, irregular vaginal discharge, glaucoma, heavy metal poisoning, lockjaw, and low sperm count, persistent hacking, coughing, upper respiratory and intestinal distress, pneumonia, extreme fatigue, disorientation, lethargia, dizziness, splitting headaches, elevated arthritis, symptoms, nosebleeds, blah, 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 blah yada, yada, etc., etc., doctors, blah, 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 uh, death. If you want it, we spray it. So get your gem trails today. Gem Call 1-900-GRAY-SKY. That's 1-900-GRAY-SKY. That's 1-900-W-E-F-U-C-K-E-D. Thanks, gem trails. Gem trails. <laughs> <laughs>